Well, thank you so much, Mallory, for joining me today. Uh, very, very excited to, to chat with you. Uh, heard a ton about you, watched your work, and it's really, really incredible. And it's uh, it, it's been very emotional to watch some of this stuff, but it's also been very motivating to, to watch what you've created so far and, and hopefully continue to create. Before we kind of get into to everything that Walk a Mile is and your sort of mission and vision in you know filming women around the world and, and sort of the issues that they go through, talk us through your a little bit about your journey and how you came to even start this this incredible journey of, of doing one mile at a time in 26 different countries. Thank you for having me. Thanks for watching all my stories. And it means, it means a lot when I get honest feedback, so I appreciate it. My story is very personal. My whole career is, is just based on my love of travel. And when I was in my early 20s, I started backpacking and I really started on this whole social impact journey from that position of a backpacker who's out there exploring the world, learning about new cultures, you know, blown away by the kindness and humanity and all of the inspiration that a young traveler has. And I always, I I was having these incredible experiences backpacking. I went on a, a trip to Southeast Asia uh, that was my first one. I went to Indonesia and Thailand, and it was me and a friend from college. I got injured on the second day of the trip, and I um, I was in Indonesia, and I was on a bicycle, and I actually flipped over mm. the handlebars and went face first into the cement, and it was shocking to me. I was bleeding. I had um, my whole chin was busted open in my shoulder and I was rushed to this local clinic and a doctor came in. He didn't speak any English and I ended up getting stitches in my chin. And it really sort of sh- like moved me from fun vacation mode right. to real right. life. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm I having, yeah. you know, like real stitches on my face. And but it it made me you know, it gave me exposure to, to real life for people that are, are living in this village. And this is, this is their clinic. And um, these are their options. And it just kind of grounded me into the reality of the situation. And um, that whole trip I spent, I couldn't really do a lot of our original itinerary because mm-hmm. my injuries, my bandages couldn't get wet. So I had a big bandage, like a chin strap bandage on my chin and my whole shoulder was bandaged up. And so I couldn't go snorkeling or doing some of the hikes and stuff. And so I just spent a lot of time walking in villages meeting local people, had a very profound few weeks. And I came home just fully committed to trying to share what I learned and share the stories of the people I met. And I would just, I came home a totally different person. And then the next year I I did a similar trip in South America and was visiting Latin countries and trying to just figure out like, how do you turn this into a career? You know, how can I, how do (laughs) I travel for a living? This is before you started filming, right? Or came up with the idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is is like the very beginning. And, um, and I just decided I would become a storyteller and I wanted to tell the real stories of people I met and find ways that I could share them online and my viewers, friends, family, they could engage. That was like the initial, the initial start. And when I uh, was 24, I quit my job at the time. I became a 
an impact storyteller, as I call myself. And ever since then, so it's been full-time for 13 years, I have told my own life stories traveling and turned them into social impact campaigns. Amazing. It's been quite a journey, <laughs> quite a ride. Um, I look back sometimes and can't believe I actually did it. I made my dream career come yeah. true. Um, and, it, and of course, it's taken many forms throughout the years. So uh, Walk a Mile is my current project. This is my latest and greatest. And I started this campaign about five years ago. And I had the the idea of walking a mile in someone else's shoes, taking that from a figure of speech and making that literal. Yeah. So what if I actually walked a mile in someone else's shoes? How could I package that up into an actual experience for viewers? And you know, what would come of that? And so, um, so I was kind of tossing around the ideas and discovered that the best way for me to do this would be to travel, step into the shoes of a of an impoverished woman, film this into a short documentary and publish it online. And all of the viewers that watch, they would learn this woman's story. They would learn empathy for her, step into her shoes. And then at the end, there'd be a call to action where they could actually help her mm -hmm. or other women in her village. And so... Um, so yeah, I started this whole documentary series, which is now a long ongoing project. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Walk a Mile, it's a global marathon for women's empowerment. So it's a 26 episode series. It's, it's filmed in 26 different countries, features 26 different women, and then each episode benefits a different women's empowerment charity. So there's 26 different charities. And of course, it's 26 because there's 26 miles in a marathon. It's super creative. Like, I, I love the, the concept and, and the idea and bringing it you know all together it's it's quite unique and i love the creativity behind it talk a little bit about you know some of the experiences that you've had because you've done a lot of these so far oh my gosh i mean there's so many <laughs> so i i chose to focus on women actually because well, let me give you a little little context first before i dive sure. into the individual women's stories so in my 20s when i was working in social impact i worked in all different categories of social impact. I, I really was trying to expose myself to different issues around the world, different causes. So I did a campaign for refugees and I went to a Syrian refugee camp and I did a campaign for endangered species. And that one was in Madagascar and full spectrum of need and cultures and places. And uh, in some ways, it was really great. I learned a lot about the work that's happening in the world and um, I learned a lot about myself and my ability to adapt and work in all these different environments. And then on my 30th birthday, I, I did a campaign that was focused on women. And that was my first one that was women's focused. And this is before Walk a Mile. So this is, um, this was, I guess, like the spark that made me choose to focus on women. And I had learned of this village in Ethiopia that there were 30 women that wanted to start their own businesses. And I was 29 when I learned about this. And I thought, well, I'm turning 30 in a couple months. What if I went there on my birthday and I did a fundraiser live online and tried to raise $30,000 so each of the women could get a $1,000 mm -hmm. business loan. And I went to Ethiopia. I, I made a short film about the women. I published it on my birthday. I was there 
with the women and we had a 24 hour online fundraiser <laughs> and I, I it was a smashing success. I raised like $42,000 in one. Wow. Wow. And the, I was physically sitting with these women, watching the donations come in and watching their expressions. And we were celebrating together and <laughs> they, um, they made me a birthday cake. And if you, I don't know if you've ever had Ethiopian food, but Ethiopian food is, it's famous for their bread. It's a really flat mm -hmm. bread. It's called injera and they don't use yeast in their bread. So there's it, the bread doesn't rise. So they, they were trying to make a birthday cake, like a Western it's birthday like a flat, cake. Flat, flat, those flat cake, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but the, the, the bread didn't rise. And so it was, it was just so beautiful of this combining of cultures. And we were laughing and joking and, um, and it was life-changing for them. You know, that yeah. was, that was huge, huge amount of money. And even for you probably, you know? To yeah, for, that. yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was the best birthday I, I had and, <laughs> Yeah. And so I left thinking, wow, I really connected with those women. I felt so just in line with them. Like I'm a woman, I'm older, wiser, just coming full into my own womanhood. And I can, I can just really relate to them. Mm -hmm. And so um, after that campaign, my 30th birthday, I said, I want to tell the stories of women because I think I have the unique ability to do that. And I just have the, you know, the ability to bond so deeply with the woman who I'm trying to share her story. So that big birthday extravaganza was really my shift. And that's, that's when I created Walk a Mile. And so um, it's an ongoing series. I've the first nine miles are live online. And so that's nine different countries that I've been to nine different stories I've shared. They're all special and unique in mm -hmm. yeah. interesting ways. The one that um, stands out the most, I think the one that like, if I can only ever share one, it's it's mile number seven, which was in India. Yeah, I, that's the one I was yeah. It was, um, I walked with a woman who was an acid attack survivor and it's, most people don't know what acid attacks are. They've never heard of them. And so- out the gate that's really educational for people and um so an acid attack survivor is basically like a burn victim mm -hmm. and they've been the victim of violence where it's actually acid thrown on like like car battery acid or um like a mechanic shop mm -hmm. acid is thrown onto a person's skin and it melts away their flesh it burns them as if they were actually in a fire. And the woman who I walked with, she was attacked by her own husband. So it was an act of domestic violence. And it was it's visually shocking because yeah. um, Zakira is her name. She lost an eye and an ear and 40% of her skin melted away. And just to to show that on a, on a camera and to take yeah. photographs of her, it, it's, you don't even need one word of dialogue, you know, to yeah. move someone. But then when you meet this woman and you hear her story from her perspective and how strong she is and how hard she fought for her life and what she's going through now, and it, I will never, ever forget her. I think about her daily Anytime I'm having any sort of bad day, right. I just think like, man, you know, look at what people survive and I can get through this little, <laughs> this little stumble. Totally. Um, yeah. Zakira is a very special woman and she, she really 
opened her heart. I, I'm so amazed when I film with these women, I interview them and how honest and open they are. And I think if there was a stranger who showed up in my life, who didn't speak my language, who yeah. was from a totally different country, who put a camera in my face, right? would I pour my heart out to them? I don't know, you know? Right. And um, yeah, she was really honest talking about her marriage and the attack and her relationship with her children. Yeah, it's a very powerful episode. How do you go about, I guess, discovering the women that you want to cover? You know, do you, you know, ask nonprofit partners that you work with? Do they kind of send you stories or just stuff you see in the news or something you reach out? I guess walk through your creative process a little bit. Sure. Uh, so the creative process really is that I first pick the the region I want to go to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I knew I wanted to do a story in India. Um, India was my number one bucket list destination. I, I'd never been there. I was like, absolutely, we got to do something in India. And then I do some online research. Uh, what are women's issues in India? You know, just general statistics, just to get the overview picture. And then I reach out to people I know in the aid industry, nonprofits, social impact Um, anyone who might have traveled there in the past and ask if they know of any nonprofits on the ground. And I really look for small, local, locally run nonprofits that they need support. You know, they're not, it's not some big international organization that runs on these multi-million dollar grants. It's something really, really small, but having a huge impact in this, in this area. And so I, I look for the nonprofits first, and then I reach out to the nonprofits and those organizations actually, um, I tell them about what I want to do. I want to come and visit and film. And if they're open to that, then the nonprofit chooses the woman that I feature. She, a lot of people are nervous to have cameras in sure. anywhere in the world. And so I really trust the nonprofits to know who will be comfortable on camera. And a lot of times we, you know, we, I, we don't know until I get there. Um, mile six was in Panama and I had a nonprofit picked out. I knew where it was going to be. I flew to Panama. I, I showed up with my videographer and there was a, a group of women and none of them wanted to be the one featured. <laughs> they were yeah. all so shy. They're like, no, don't pick me. Don't pick me. So I'm like, let me, let's just have dinner together. Let's just chat. No cameras. You know, let's just get to know each other. And there's a translator there. And uh, at the end of the dinner, they were arguing over who was going to get featured, you know, because they all wanted to step up and, and tell their story. <laughs> and um, so I ended up choosing a woman named Rafa, and she is the, the one that I I walked with. And so, you know, but I try to keep it a really organic process because it's an honest portrayal of my experience. So, you know, if you were to look at this as a film, it's very unscripted. The mm-hmm. shot list is almost non-existent. It, I, I go in and just truly try to capture what naturally happens. And I traveled enough to know there's always a profound interaction. So yeah, it's um, gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna happen, you know? And, and so we just try to, yeah, share that, um, share that experience. Have you ever had, I guess a negative experience is, is a bad way to phrase it, but I, I guess it maybe didn't go the way you expected. Like, have you gone somewhere and it not work mm. out and mm. something yeah. or, or has it all worked um, out? So, I've never had one totally canceled on me, <laughs> but sure. definitely That's had great. things not, not go the way planned. And there's two examples I immediately thought of. So 
mile number eight, we filmed in Sri Lanka. And this was the story of tea pluckers. So Mm. Sri Lanka is very famous for tea. They grow a lot of tea there and export tea. It's one of their main exports. And so, uh, and tea is plucked by hand and it is traditionally a woman's job. So it was sort of sweet and you're thinking, okay, there'll be these vast hills of plants and women out in the fields and plucking the tea. And it's almost like a beautiful in the imagery of it. But the details of it are that these women are horrifically paid. They mm-hmm. do backbreaking work. Yeah. Um, their quotas are almost unreachable and they're penalized so horribly if they don't pluck the you know, quantity of tea leaves that are needed. It's a cycle of poverty that you can never get out of the system because they're paid pennies for this work. And so the tea, their plantations, they have very strict filming laws and they don't want, they don't want cameras in their fields to show the backbreaking work. They don't want their companies to be shown in a negative light. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I had some issues filming there. And that was challenging because I wanted to expose these companies for how horribly they're paying their workers. And I was very nervous for that one. I was threatened with lawsuits. And I mean, my life wasn't in danger, but I was certainly just threatened with, with lawsuits which never came to fruition and, and it was fine. And I published anyway, and we're all good. We're, we're still, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Um, I think it was an empty threat, but that was a, certainly a complication that I don't enjoy dealing with. Yeah. The other example I could think of, and I often get asked if there's any pushback from men. Um, yeah, that was, does, that was what I was thinking. You know, yeah. It's, it's, Anybody who wants to tell a story, there's probably somebody on the other side that doesn't want that story told. Yeah, occasionally. I mean, most of the most of the time, um, the men involved are extremely supportive. They're very on board. You know, gender roles and the issues of gender roles often are not. You know, individual people aren't what's driving that. It's a societal right. issue. You know, a, a one man, one husband, one taxi driver—they're not the problem, and they're. Right they're very supportive of women, especially when it's their wife or their daughter or their sister. But occasionally I have men that are concerned the because the story is supposed to be promoting women's empowerment, that it's going to be portraying men in a horrible light. Mm. And um, I filmed a mile. This one has been filmed. It has not been published yet. So I'm in the editing process right now, but it was in Israel. Mm-hmm. And we filmed with the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community in Jerusalem. And I always try to show somewhat extremes. People are, the average person everywhere in the world, I find to be very similar. So I'm trying to show all, ex, you know, the extreme environments that people live in and um, the full spectrum of life. And so often I choose really remote places or off the beaten paths or um, or something. And so the ultra-Orthodox are the most extreme religious group in Jerusalem. So, and they are, I guess, m- most people might know them either they have an extreme divide between gender roles. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, men and women separate the, the men pray for most of the day. Women support the family, women work, women, they raise the children, they 
they often shave their head after they get married and they wear a wig. Um, hmm. They have a lot of just cultural traditions. And so I wanted to showcase that. And the woman that I featured, she's a midwife. And so so that was her job. And, and she was very open and honest with me. But her husband was next to her the whole time when I was interviewing her and they were speaking in Hebrew to each other. So I, I couldn't tell what the, what he was actually saying, but I got the feeling he was guiding her answers because I was trying to dig into the gender role situation and like, what does her husband expect of her and how does she feel about this dynamic? And um, is she happy with it? Is she not happy with it? And I know he was very concerned that I was going to portray men in his culture in a negative light. And so sometimes I get that sort of supervision from a man. Um, But I also understand from his perspective, you know, and and I, I was reinforcing to him, like, this isn't a story about men. This is a story about her. And so I'm not trying to paint any sort of picture about you as her husband. So, and I can see... You know, I can see he's he's afraid to let someone into his home and then have them make a piece that's bashing him as a husband. So, um, right. so yeah, sometimes there's awkward situations, I guess yeah. you'd say. But um, but no, I've always been I've always been successful in the story, and I hope that my you know my viewers and my following, and I think they do appreciate how unique these situations are, how challenging some of them are to film. I really, you know, get in there to these unique corners of the world and try to give an honest portrayal of it. So hopefully all that effort <laughs> comes across in the final product. <laughs> no, it does. It's a tremendous product. So what's what's next? You, you spoke about Israel. I think you mentioned if you can share, you're going your head to Morocco. Yeah, yeah. So I leave in a couple of days to film in Morocco. That will be the next mile we film. So that will be the 12th mile filmed. And I'm working with a, a women's co-op, a cooperative that uh, women learn how to make rugs and carpets. And so they're learning a skill set and then they will make these rugs and sell them at the market as as a small business. So they provide income for their family. And a lot of times stories like this, it's the woman's first time ever earning an income. So you see the the need of that family and then how much this income is going to help them and what, you know, what they're going to be able to send their kids to school. They're going to be able to feed their family better. And, you know, and then there's a whole empowerment of her learning confidence and skills and holding her own and not being dependent on and someone else providing for her. So, and that's an example of one we don't know the woman we're going to feature until I get there and I meet them and they, they <laughs> yeah. they're comfortable with me and then and then we'll choose. What have you learned? You know, across you know your journey and visiting you know places around the world, but and also visiting different cultures and different women. You know, they're going to have different perspectives, right? Because they might live in a different culture, or, you know, have a different community around them, maybe at a different point in their life, you know, based on age or something like that. But what are some of the lessons you've learned, you know, speaking to these women? I have learned how wonderful people are. <laughs> really, truly. Um, I, it's funny, I work in poverty. That's yeah. my main area of expertise. If I have a global experience. So I I know a little bit about a lot of places and I'm not an expert in any one situation, but I, 
I would say I'm an expert about what life is like for people living in poverty. And often I'm asked, like, how do you deal with how hard it is seeing all of these hard situations around the world and all the struggles and how sad it is? And aren't you crying all the time? And, you know, I've actually seen starving children. I've actually seen homelessness and I've held kids in my arms that have horrible medical issues and orphans. And, but I feel like I'm one of the more positive people about humanity. I, I think people are wonderful. I've learned how kind people are, how giving people are, how hopeful people are, how someone in the absolute, what we think would be the worst situation, how they can have faith and they work hard and they believe in their future and what's possible. And I have learned to trust in other people. I, you know, when I started traveling in my early 20s, I, I, my parents were very nervous about me going to all these different places and my style, you know, to be like totally off the beaten path and like in the right. dirt with them, you know, yeah. and I'm not staying in these luxury resorts or, um, having your tourist experience. And as the years have gone on, I plan less and less before I go. And I I am less and less nervous about how it will go because I've just, I've just found a way to trust in people. And I think it's a great way to live in the world, you know? So, um, so that's, that's the biggest lesson I've learned. And likewise, not always just of the women that I feature. So, um, you know, when I publish these stories online, there's a fundraiser and I, I have a crowdfunding campaign. And so people donate. And I have this loyal fan base of donors, of people Amazing. who followed me through 10 years of traveling, and all of my wild, you know, expeditions. And I, and they continually give, continually support. And Sometimes I get to know them personally, um, even though we've never met, we, you know, we'll just email back and forth. And I find all these people that want to help. They want their money to do good. They're looking for opportunities to help people. People step up in the most incredible ways when you, you know, when you share the story of someone in need. And I feel like I, I interact with this kind, amazing, fantastic group of donors. And then I, I share their stories of this kind, amazing, fantastic group of people in need, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. just like the whole, like I, um, yeah, I've really learned how wonderful human beings are. As we wrap up here, share how people can like get involved, right? You said there's sort of a crowdfunding campaign. I know people or businesses can sponsor a mile as you continue down this journey of of completing the 26 miles. So yes. how can people get, we'll put everything in the show notes, but how can people get sort of involved? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, first and foremost, I want people to watch the stories. Um, they can find them all on my website, which is travelmal.com. It's M-A-L, just my name, short and sweet. And, um, or they can follow me on Instagram, YouTube. All of my social media is Mallory Speaks. Um, so watch, watch, watch. And if you're moved by any of the stories, all of the fundraisers are live. So please donate. $5 makes a huge difference when you're talking about someone living in extreme poverty. It goes so far in it. And all 100% of the money I raise goes directly towards helping the women on the ground. I don't take a cut of it. Um, none of it funds my life or my travel. So it's just all there to help. And if you're interested in getting involved in the making of or a company that wants to help me 
make this possible. Every mile is sponsored, uh, which covers film production costs and the travel costs. So that's how I'm able to afford to pull off the, this, this global series. And yeah, I'm, I'm always open to working with different corporate sponsors or different people that just want to help make it possible. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Mallory. Your, your vision, your creativity. I mean, it's really, it's really amazing. I think when this is done, I mean, you're going to have an incredible life's work that you shared with the world. Here's to the next 10 years trying to get all this done. 5, 10, 20, however long it takes. You yeah, know? However long it takes. Yeah. However long it takes. But, uh, but no, I think it's a tremendous journey. I, I think sharing it is sharing it with the world is we'll just continue to inspire others and, and singing stories where you said, you know, we can be impactful, you know, day to day people can be inspired and, and donate even small amounts, but even, even watching makes a difference now, right? Cause you can stream stuff and maybe there's an ad that plays before that, but you watching that video can benefit somebody just by yeah. watching. So yeah. like you said, watch, discover, follow, follow Mallory. And it's going to be, uh, incredibly successful as you as you continue down this path i could just i just see it scale impact in in the way of of what we watch you know we want to change our lives mentally we eat we eat better food but also what we consume as content is good for our brain and good for our daily life and it inspires us so you know keep doing what you're doing and uh, you inspired me and i hope you inspire others thank you so much grant hope it it shares a message of empathy for people, you know, just take a moment and step in someone's shoes. It's amazing what you discover about them, what you discover about you. You realize how similar we all are, how connected we all are. I, I hope people learn a lot from watching the episodes.